It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. Congrats, Nats fans. I don't know if there's any that are actually tuning into a Reds podcast, but what a World Series. What a Game 7 that the Nats put on. I mean, the only World Series ever. And I'm with John Smoltz. I think it will be the only World Series ever that sees the road team win every single game. Not one game did the home team fans get to celebrate a win. Just absolutely crazy. But congrats to the Nats winning in Game 7. A team that at one point during the season, the Reds were actually ahead of in the standings. Wrap your mind around that for a minute. And now, realize that the hot stove is firing up. That's right, Reds fans. The most important offseason in recent Reds memory starts right now. We are going to have rumors galore coming up soon. But before we dive into Rumors Central, which is going to be many, many podcasts coming up, let's finish this interview off with Sam LeCure. Got a lot of great stuff we get to. If you didn't get a chance to listen to part one yet, make sure you go back and you check that out. That was yesterday's podcast. Today, we're talking about the 2019 Reds, the 2020 Reds. And I got a funny question for him at the end. I got a great answer from him there. But uh, let's jump right back into the interview. When, when it comes to baseball as a whole, like when you think about baseball, what comes to your mind? What was the first thing that comes to your mind? Life's work. <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> what I think. It's just been something that's always been such a joy to me for whatever, you know, talking you know, like I said, having the opportunity to talk with Dusty last night or I'm down, I mean, you know, I see Bronson and then it's all the relationships, you know, that you build within that, uh, you know, what a lot of guys will say. And those are the things that are everlasting because at some point the game will end. But the memories that you have and the guys and getting together with Dusty and getting together with Drew Stubbs was down there in, in, uh, in Cabo with me playing golf and like – the fact that we got to play in college and the big leagues together, how cool that is. And, you know, I've continued our relationship on past that. Uh, those are really cool things because you can always sit there and reminisce. Um, and so it never le- so that it never leaves you to that degree. And now having moved over into the, the, the media side of it, still being a part of it and still getting to, to build relationships with guys that I didn't know from before, you know, talk about like a Tanner Rourke or, you know, Sonny Gray's obviously going to be there for a little while now. And, uh, you know, just any of the, any of those guys, it's, it's the relationships I think are the thing that I hear the most, almost to the point where it sounds a little bit cliche, but it's, but it's true for more reasons just than, having a buddy, you know, it's being able to reach back into the, into the archives and, 
I remember something a little bit different than you did, and you're just, you know, obviously if you spend any time around Dusty or Bronson, and I just use those two guys because I've saw them both in the last three days, but those guys even specifically are, are such storytellers and have such sharp memories of different things, and, and to get to, to dig in and listen to those guys, and you're just in awe. You know, I'm, I'm a total fan at that point, just like probably got my mouth hanging open and, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, those are – those are really special things. Absolutely. And and, and we're going to jump into the Reds here in just a moment. What we've seen this season and what we're about to hopefully witness in next year's team. But I, I did have one other question, too, about your playing days. Whenever you came into a game, say you came into a game and there were runners on base, maybe even the bases were loaded. Did you ever – kind of rib the starting pitcher that you relieved just like man what are you doing out there where are you leaving all this mess from me? <laughs> no <laughs> no <Okay>. because <laughs> because even though I, I was pretty good in those situations even if i let i mean those those runs were more precious to me than my own sure. because i know how helpless it feels to to leave runners on and then somebody comes in and gives them up and so I know how helpless that person felt to give up my runs, you know, they want, or whatever it was. So, no, I wasn't going to get into in any of that because uh, even though I was successful more times than not, I wasn't successful 100% of the times. And I took, it, I took it very personally because it was not just a teammate of mine but a friend of mine and somebody that I cared about and somebody that I wanted their numbers to be as, gr- as gr- good as they could and anything I could do to help, uh, I wanted to do. So uh, I always took those, those very seriously. Well, I will say this from the 2019 team standpoint, the pitching numbers were phenomenal. And if they'd had the hitting, they would have probably been a playoff team. How do you look at their performance from last season, how it translates to next season, and what this team needs to get over the hump? Well, I think that a big part of it for me that the thing that stuck out to me the most about last year is that they nothing ever synced up. They had great pitching in the first half and the second half it was not as good as you know, they were a top ten pitching staff in the in the uh in the first half and a bottom ten pitching staff in the second half. They were a bottom ten offense in the first half and probably closer to where they would I and I don't know the exact number on it, but you know, they were a top half of the league the second half, you know, so that never sank up. They get a good start, the bullpen would implode. They get a bad start, they the offense would play. You know, they 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 either win three to two or lose. I, I don't know. It was just bizarre to me that the way that they. I mean, they never had a winning streak. You know, they, right. I think they had a winning streak of six games against first place, and they were all first place teams. You know, it's just something wild like that. Um, so that really stuck out to me. But I think the fact that you know you look at their record and one-run games and how many they've lost, that's just – that is goes back to fundamental stuff and being able to hit behind a runner. But I, but rather than getting too much into that, I think they understand that, how close they are. <laughs> and I think that that gives them a lot of confidence, and I think that they felt like there were guys who didn't have, you know, the types of years that maybe they were expecting. Um, you know, I think that they feel really good about – you know, the top four in their rotation, I think Trevor Bauer is, you know, he's not the guy that we saw, you know, when they traded for him. He's not an ace of a staff either, okay? And he's always everybody's going to talk about his stuff, his stuff, his stuff. If you got that good of stuff, you don't need to walk 100 people. 
You don't need right. to lead the league in walks if you've got that good of stuff. So back it down and throw some strike because you got good enough stuff to get guys out even with less than your best stuff. So that's, you know, he's going to dig into that. He's obviously the big analytical video guy, but, you know, Luis Castillo still needs to figure out how to do it for for six months straight. You know, he's got had good first halves. He's had good second halves. He's never put them both together. Sonny Gray was about as good as you you could have asked for last year. And Anthony DiScalfani is going to get overlooked in this rotation, even though I think he's still got more in the tank. I think he is figure, is still figuring out, because of all the injuries that he had, I think he's so far behind in the, how much he's been able to develop and understanding how to use his stuff. I think he's going to be better next year. Obviously, you need Joey to perform a little bit. You know, you need Joey's not your th- not the MVP anymore. Okay, people need right. to get past that. People need to get past the contract and get past the MVP. He's not that guy anymore. He's a guy that's going to go out there and get on base and set set more more so set the table because he's still going to be able to have a high on base percentage for a Eugenio Suarez. And we'll see what you know Aristides Aquino does over a full season and. Um, you know, who else have they got over there? Jesse Winker, can he stay on the field? Nick Senzel, can he stay on the field? You know, their offensive players haven't done a good job of staying healthy over the past couple of years, so you don't, much like Anthony DiScofani, their they're, they're, uh, progression is stunted uh, in a lot of ways. They still don't know who they are as a player because, yeah, they've got, you know, two or three years in the big leagues, but they've got 600 at-bats in those two or three years or whatever the case is, you know what I mean? So they haven't fully been able to go out there and understand who they are over 150, 160 games because they haven't, they haven't done it. So uh, that will be something else to keep an eye on is, you know, getting into September, you know, and hopefully October for the team next year. Have they, you know, those guys who hopefully have stayed healthy – they they still don't know what it's like to play, you know, to get up to that number of games and number of bats, and are they going to be able to stay strong, you know, coming down the stretch when they need to win those games the most. So um, as far as, you know, if, if you're asking me specifically about what do they need to get on the free agent market, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's 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 not my job. I, I mean, I think that, you know, they could do a couple different things. I think that they just need to get consistent performance out of the guys that they have, like they – you know, you felt like they were going to do last year. Um, you felt like they had the pieces, or at least I did, uh, to be a better team than they were. But, again, when somebody was hot, somebody was not. And it, it seemed like they were right next to each other in the lineup. So it just kind of canceled itself out. Um, so consistent production out of the guys that they have, obviously, is key. Um, and, of course, you go get pieces to supplement. But are you looking to supplement the offense? Because why? Because of who? I mean, because Scooter Jeanette wasn't 2017 and 18 Scooter Jeanette. I mean, that's tough to replace with one person. Do you need to find one person to replace that? Or can you do it in a number of ways with being sharp with your platoon, which I think last year the front office really showed me a lot. And that was a a storyline that, yeah, they got the players, but I think the shift in philosophy by the front office to, to go out and do some of those things, I think is a great sign for Reds fans. Um, and I think, well, obviously we've heard Dick Williams and Nick Cross speak on it, that the budget's going to go up this year and they're going to have more things to do because I think they feel really good about this group, and I think that they should. So it's finding, you know, the right pieces. Not, don't, 
necessarily look at the back of baseball card. Oh, we need a guy who's going to hit 270 with 20 home runs and 75. No, that's not that's not who you're looking for. You're looking for you know the guy who wants to come in and play the brand of baseball that needs to be played. The guy who can find who you can extract more value out. I don't want to say money or but a guy who understands how to hit behind a runner. Where do you where do you want to put him in the lineup? I mean, it's not just a a cut and dry answer and that's why they do all the homework that they do we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed one of the things to see, especially, you know, the the financials match up, because I know that most fans don't want to talk about how, you know, how a deal works and if the Reds can afford it and all this other stuff. But it's really a they big just don't thing. I mean, for the most right. part, they just really don't understand. I don't understand how all that crap works. It's like, <laughs> right. uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 tough. Exactly. And and I was wondering too because I thought this whenever you know looking at Derek Johnson and and the new philosophy like you mentioned organizationally with the front office and they're all trying to align major leagues and minor leagues and all that different stuff they're doing all this new um, technology and things like that have you pitched in front of a rap soto camera and seen how all of that works no I had wondered if nope. you did it that's cool I was just I was just a little bit late but I mean it only makes sense to try to line up what's going on at the top all the way to the bottom. I mean, you're talking about use the same bunt plays and low A ball that they do in the big leagues because you get there and it becomes second nature to you. Right. You know, and that's why you like the, the continuity of, of who's running things and you like for it to work. So they continue to run things and then everybody's learning all the way up. Something I, stop, I think that, that people have stopped learning is how to win. And I think that that shows up more than people might give it credit for because you, you can't, quantify it like you can't say well what do you mean he doesn't know how to win well they lost more games than they won that's what you mean by they didn't know how to win but it's things like being able to hit the sacrifice fly and understanding the situational hitting i mean those how many one run games do they lose let's call it 40 they win half of those they win the division by like you know by a number of games or or right there you know by by being able to get a bunt down, by being able to turn a double play, by doing some of those things that are so, so fundamental that people refer to as little things that win a lot of games. And so, you know, getting people on the, to be able to execute the plan that you've put in place uh, and do it in winning moments, you know, you're all, you, that's a – that's a phrase that I hear Joey use a lot is winning moments and those mm-hmm. those – that, that that makes a lot of sense to me because there are moments in the game that are winning moments. Talking about mo- using your best bullpen guy in the seventh inning, that's a winning moment. You need to go out there and you need to shut that down so you've got an opportunity, you know, to hit the sacrifice fly in the ninth inning, which is a winning moment, you know. So just little things like that in the way that I'm looking at it uh, and the way that some of the other guys are looking at it because um, I may not be the analytical guy, but I, I understand the, the recipe of winning a baseball game and I don't need a computer to do it. Um, but maybe some people do. And if you have, you feel like you're not being responsible if you don't go out there and, and get all the information that you can and, and put it to use into trying to win a game. 
All right, let's do a couple of quick pitches, and I'll let you go. I know we've gone uh, way longer than that. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know whose fault that is? Mine. <laughs> I can't shut up about it. No, it's okay. It's awesome. Um, just a couple of quick pitches, just looking back, some teammates and stuff like that. When you look back at teammates that you had, you get you pick three guys. You're in a fight, in a bar fight. You know, not, you know bar nothing, fight. Nothing crazy. Bar fight, three guys go. Uh, Jonathan Broxton. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that's kind of, I think that's kind of an easy pick. Yeah. Uh, Aroldis Chapman. Okay. And uh, thank you. He wasn't a – does it have to be a major league teammate? No, no. Well, people won't know who I'm talking about if I talk about somebody. Well, they may know this dude is a guy I, I got into the foxhole with. One time was Justin Turner back in uh, – we had a bit, pretty big one in double A uh, that he – you know, that's when I, I think he and I – we're always good buddies but uh, because we had history go, even going back to college. But uh, he ducked down in there and put his, put his chin in there for me. So I appreciate it. I'll never forget that one. <laughs> That's awesome. And then probably uh, looking back, who was the funniest teammate you ever had? Oh, man. Uh, you know, everybody had their own styles. You know, some guys were – it's all just quick-witted, absolutely just ragging each other. I mean, that's what people don't – and that's another thing that I was talking to somebody about. You know, you come out of baseball and you're in that clubhouse with, you know, 25 alphas, and it's just – I mean, the way that you talk to each other is just by beating each other down, you know, verbally <laughs> kind of. I mean, I mean, really, that's the way it is, but that's just how we talk to each other. It's, you know, MF for this and, but you know, whatever it is, and then you – you get out of the clubhouse and you get into the real world and people don't talk like that. And even though it's out of love and we knew we all loved each other, when you get out and you start talking to somebody in, in corporate America and you talk to them that way, they don't, that don't fly. Like they don't get it. They don't get that. that that's a, you know, language of love. Uh, so guys had their different style. I mean, guys, I still talk to Bron- Bronson was funny. Ron Lowick uh, and I had a lot of laughs. Sean Marshall was, you know, a great buddy of mine. Um, Brandon Phillips had his own style about, you know, making dudes laugh. So uh, a lot of guys, a lot of guys, you know, had their different styles just like they did on the field. Well, that's all right, man. Well, Sam, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for talking to me here on the podcast. And um, we we'll look forward to watching you on the post game and pregame coverage and all that stuff on Fox Sports Ohio. Well, I appreciate you having me on, man. Uh, thanks for chatting, and I hope it goes well, and, and we'll talk to you sometime in the future. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Sam. I really appreciated him coming on the show. We're going to have plenty more interviews throughout the offseason. Lots to get to, lots to talk about as the Reds get set for what is hopefully going to be an amazing 2020 baseball season. If you just if you're like me and you just watch game 7, you just really really pining for some playoff baseball in Cincinnati. I think we're going to get it this season. And it all begins right now as the Reds look to make some moves. They've got lots of work to get to, and we're going to cover every bit of it here on the Locked On Reds podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. Best way to get it each and every day. I'm going to be coming to you Monday through Friday. Also, check us out on Twitter at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. We'll have plenty of Twitter coverage as well. And I talk about lots of things on the wonderful Twitter.com. 
Also, save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone, 513-549-0159. Questions, comments, rants, whatever you've got, send them to me there at 513-549-0159. Voicemails and text messages, too. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. This has been the Locked On Reds podcast, and my name is Jeff Carr. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 